This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huard, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. Now uh, with Brock and uh, Pete Carroll will join us at 9.30 this morning as we are over at uh, Seahawks facility, the VMAC this morning and uh, I've been down here since the season end. It's just kind of nice to uh, be down here and feeling the football after our week at spring training. Now over to here. Uh, we do have some news uh, as we are getting more information on uh, the deal with Geno Smith. Mike Garofalo, uh, NFL Network, just a few minutes ago, tweeting this. The Seahawks deal with Geno Smith has a base value of $25 million per season. Mm. Three years, 75 mil, with $40 million fully guaranteed at signing, according to sources. Smith will earn $28 million in the first year of the deal with $30 million in incentives. Mm. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, that's confusing. Yeah, so it's A squared plus B squared equals C squared, and you've got the A squared, but I don't know what the square root of that other one is. Is he I mean, drawing still, triangles on his notebook again? Yeah, we, we've got to see some of the details, but as I walked in well, here, I, some of the they, they are, but it's still, that, that's, 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 not a, enough. that's a little clearer picture. That, that is certainly a little clearer picture, and I, I would think that that would make you feel a little bit better in some of the callers that I yeah. just listened to, that this is not 35 average per year. Anybody that went that way, I'm sorry, Joe Fan, to your tweet yesterday, uh, when you see an initial headline, that is never, never, ever in the NFL the reality. He's not making $35 million per year guaranteed. You know, this is going to be a deal that's going to have a lot of incentives, as this last deal did. And you know what? He hit every one of them. <laughs> His deal last year, what he signed, was a one-year, three-and-a-half with double up the salary. If you hit him, all, he hit them all. So he made $7 bucks. So in his mind, kudos to him. I mean, this is somehow he believes in himself. And, hey, man, I'm willing to put some of this incentives. That, that, that resonates to me, man. That resonates. And you know what else resonates? How many of his teammates yesterday went to the social media realms to love on him? And to praise him. That that resonated with me. It wasn't just one or two. It was nearly the whole team. And that really spoke to me, Salk. And I'll say one last thing before you read out these details uh, again. Is listening to you in, in, in driving, he's Jimmy Garoppolo. They said that to us last year, right? Last training camp. We were out here. We're watching. We're talking to a lot of people. And, and you know, well, what about Baker? And what about Jimmy G? And what about? And they're like, we have Jimmy Garoppolo. We feel like in this building we have a guy. So if I and, and if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's salary and what the San Francisco 49ers have built in this division and who you've gone up against, and oh by the way, they also drafted Trey Lance and, and Mortgage Farm to go up and take him at number three. So they they were able to do all of that because Jimmy's deals where that's in the twenties, you know, cap number somewhere around in the twenties. You start to do that. You can build the rest of your football team. Yeah. So I like this deal. Uh, when, when it came out yesterday, I had a little confusion emoji face, like three years, 105? Really? And then you just dig a little further, and you know that they've got cash on hand. There's going to be a significant signing bonus. How much did he say the signing bonus was? He doesn't. 30? That's what's a little confusing here. And, right. and I don't know exactly what Garofalo means. He says a base value of 25 per season. 
What is it? What is base well, value? Is that is that salary? Well, once again, and I wish John Clayton were here. Rest in peace, my brother. But three years, one hundred five. You take your signing bonus, whatever that signing bonus is. So for Derek Carr, the details of Derek Carr were out this morning. Somebody got a a good look at those details on his four year hundred and fifty. And for Derek Carr, he had a twenty eight and a half million dollar signing bonus. he gets when he signs that contract. Mm -hmm. And then he has a $1.5 million fully guaranteed salary in 2023. So $30 million in guaranteed money is what Derek Carr is making this year. On the cap, what is 30 divided by 4? That's his cap number, 7.5. That's what is he's going to hit against the books. The following year, he has $20 million fully guaranteed salary for 2024. Uh, then it balloons up, $40 million salary for 25. But of, don't you have of to which, add that to the cap? Uh, of which only $10 million becomes guaranteed, and then $50 million is final year, which they'll never, ever see. All right, see. but go back to 2024. Yes. Right? In in year two of his deal, didn't you say he has a $20 million salary? $30 million fully guaranteed salary in 24. So, okay. yes. So 30 plus the 7.5. Plus the 7.5. Yeah, so it's 37.5. For that following two. year. Right. But for this year, it's, se- it's what do we say? 7.5. 7.5. Add those two up. And it's $45 million, and over two years, your real real cap hits, 22.5. That's what his real – so we've got to see with Gino here. I appreciate Garofalo giving us some of the details. Yeah. And, and here's what I think, and total speculation, is I think on a three-year deal, they gave him probably $28, $30 million guaranteed possibly, $25 million guaranteed, and they're going to pay him a million bucks. So, so this upcoming year, it's $26 million divided by three. It's less than $10 million cap hit. That's how these things work, and they're moving around. Next year, I don't know if his full contract is guaranteed, right? It, it may be, or a big chunk of it may be, or half of it. And then that last year, the deal could be $45, 50000000 yeah. in a balloon payment that both sides say, we're never paying this, and then we'll restructure after year two and continue to move things around. So the more that I thought about this, um, first was a little emoji face, confused. Then it's, you know these numbers are not real. And as more of them come out, he's going to have a very cap-friendly number this year. This is a cash-on-hand operation. The Jody Allen and, and this organization have the cash on hand. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be loaned. It's, okay, here it is, and we can send it to escrow and put that money away, and we can put it in incentives. Other organizations can't do that. Those bottom three or four that, that you mentioned in the league in that NFLPA report, guess what? If you have these deals that have incentives, you as an organization have to write a check and send it to escrow in New York showing you that we got cash on hand to pay for it. There it is. This is not some, well, we can put it in incentives because, hey, Peg, we don't have the money now at the end of the, uh, you know, to go to Sizzler. <laughs> we, we don't have it at the end of the month. They do. They got all of it, all that they need. They can go to Ascend, Daniels, anywhere, and they send that cash to New York so you can then put that money away. And that's the advantage of having, you know, a wealthy a, owner. A wealthy owner. Wealthy owner in this league. So, yeah, man, the more that I think about this, Michael, I do. The name Jimmy Garoppolo hit last August when we were here. Um, it hits now. Can you win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, to answer your question of can you win a Super Bowl, Jim? Can you win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? About the same as Gino. If you have the absolute right team around him. Yep. And and they were able to build that in San Francisco. And how did they do that? Well, they had the benefit of a couple top ten picks. Guess what you get? You get a top ten pick this year. Hopefully never again, but you get a top 10 pick this year. That's how they got Bosa. That's how they got Armstead. That's how they got some of those freak shows on the defensive side of the ball. You have that same opportunity to do to do that. And, oh, by the way, not only did they pay Jimmy Garoppolo and be able to move things around to pay him in the $20 million kind of cap range, they were then also went up and took Trey Lance. 
they also went up, you know, when they were in that rare position to go up and say, you know what, can we go get this guy? He's different, man. He can run, right? He's undefeated at North Dakota State. He's big. He's physical. Now, he runs 4-9 at the combine. He didn't run 4-4-4 like Anthony Richardson did. So Trey Lance he, only ran 4-9? I, I believe that's what Moore, Moore and he told me what? that yesterday. That yeah. can't be right. Yeah. It, it certainly wasn't 4-4-8. Can you check that, Moore or Justin? I, I'm pretty sure. 4-9? He's like well, a, Trey Lance ran a four nine two when I checked yesterday because someone yes. texted and asked us. What? Yeah, it's yeah. like an offensive lineman. Yeah, four nine two. She's right. Yeah, that's a tenth faster than yours, truly. Really. That's, <laughs> that's that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's. I thought that was the one thing he could do. That's right. Well, he's big and physical and strong, right? Because right? terrible, terrible pick that was. Yeah, that's not not so good. So I don't know. Does that uh, does that heighten your excitement a little bit? Does that make you feel a little bit? And I'm not just not saying to you, Salk, to, to some of you out there that thought, and I was listening to you, driving it, like, I don't know, this is a little too rich. It's, hey, man, when, you, when you're a rich organization, you can play the eggshell game and you can move money around. And when you can give those signing bonuses and you divide it over the length of the contract, you start to put those puzzle pieces together. I, yeah, I, I think that this felt more and more like that fit that we heard all the way along. Well, certainly that makes me feel a lot better. I mean, oh, you good. know, I, I good because you know why I felt great. Yeah, this morning pulled into the Starbucks across the street. Yeah, did my order and I pulled up to the window, and the lady said, "You've made my day." Oh wow! And I was like, "What? Your voice is so soothing." Oh is wow! Anybody told you that? That's very nice. And I said, "No, nobody's ever told me that." No, but that sure makes my day too. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, and we get the coach in what two and a half hours. I'm yeah, feeling great. Wow. All right. Well, Brock is feeling great. What a what a wonderful morning we're having. Uh, we'll come back and give you everything you need to know next. Brock Did you Salk. say anything? Is that a segment? No. It was the best segment we've ever had. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710salesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Further details starting to come out regarding Geno Smith's deal. Mike Garofalo tweeting a few minutes ago. He'll have a base value of $25 million per season, which is three years, 75 mil, 40 million guaranteed at signing, according to sources. Okay, so if it's only $40 million guaranteed, that's a huge difference. I mean, essentially, that makes this a one-year deal, right? And if you can get out after one year, certainly my view on it gets better and better. Ultimately, what I want is for the Seahawks to make a decision that they are comfortable with and that they feel they can give them the best chance to win a Super Bowl. And Geno Smith at $35 million, I don't think that gives you a very good chance to win a Super Bowl. Geno Smith at $40 million guaranteed over the course of a three-year deal where you can get out after one or two years if you decide to enter the quarterback market either this year in the draft or next year in the draft. Well, that's a completely different conversation. So I like it certainly a lot more than when it came out yesterday. It's an investment in a quarterback that your team your players all like it shows a level of rewarding success and locker room culture which has been very important and i am happy for geno smith for what he's been able to do to turn his life and his career into a spot where he can get paid some generational life-changing money i understand why it had to be done now you needed to make a decision so that you knew what you had to spend going into free agency in another week so i like all of that it feels a little in between to me And ultimately, I don't know that I'm confident you can win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith, 
but I like a lot of the flexibility that it offers them down the line. Yeah, it's more and more of this starts to get unpeeled, the more and more I like it. And that's not always the case. It used to be, don't look at me over your glasses, that used to be the way that I always was early in my career. I've become a little more cynical at times over the course of 14 years. But yeah, truly, I, I think this is just, it checks, like the combine, so many different boxes. It gives you security at that position as, as, for a guy that played at a Pro Bowl level. Mora read those numbers last hour. Those numbers were all real. The 30 touchdowns were real. The franchise records were real. The completion percentage was real. When the moment was big in San Francisco, and I think that playoff game was big. I really do in the evaluation. How's he going to handle that? How's he going to play the best defense in the league? How's he going to handle that environment on the road? And, and he played great. Defense, unfortunately, over the course of the season, didn't play up to his standards. And $25 million a year per average over these three years, being able to get out, out of it after, I think, very realistically, two years, I think that's a win-win on both sides. And the Seahawks fans, let's just keep this winning on the field. Here's the second thing you need to know. Kind of a strange up and down day for the Mariners yesterday. Uh, if you remember Shannon and Scott telling us last week, spring results matter more for young players than they do for veterans. Hopefully that's true. Luis Castillo, not particularly sharp, got hit around a little bit in the first inning, gave up a pair of runs, then bounced back to strikeout four. He goes two and a third. His second start of the spring, I think he's still getting himself stretched out, so certainly no cause for concern. But we'll talk to Shannon Dreyer coming up at 8 o'clock this morning. Meanwhile, how about Bryce Miller? He goes three scoreless, strikes out four more batters. If he was the talk of the team before all of this started, where is he at now? Afterwards, uh, he says he's in a pretty good spot. Yeah, no, I mean, both outings I felt good um, locating the fastball. And as long as I, you know, like I said, if I throw in the right spots, I'm, I'll be in good shape. So definitely helps, you know, going out there and, and getting outs. But uh, kind of just how, how I felt at the end of last year, do what I was supposed to do, I'm be in good shape. It's a live wire. <laughs> I think you said there's not a bad interview on this roster. Not, not that he would have been bad. Rookie. He'd have been simple. He'd Rookie. Have been, he'd have been young. Kirby and he, Raleigh and those guys were bad interviews last year. They grew up. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Live wire. Will continue to grow and live develop. Live wire. You know what he is, man? He is from Texas. And you know what Sarkeesian and Texas A&M. But he's down there from Johnny Manziel territory as well. Knew he was going to be an Aggie. I talked to him, watched him throw football pretty good. But you know what he is? Steve Sarkeesian likes to say, all gas, no brakes. That guy is all gas, no brakes. When you watch him throw and you watch the highlights of his four strikeouts yesterday and we got to watch him live in person the first outing, some of these dudes are free and easy. And it's just like, Luis, that ball comes out at night. You're trying to figure out how in the world, biomechanically, does that thing come at 95 miles an hour? Not with Bryce. He puts everything. He's kind of like brash. It is all coming downhill with a lot of steam, tight little slider to match. And you can see why Jerry DePoto said he was the most asked about prospect this offseason. Two really sharp outings to begin. A couple of hits for Ty France yesterday. He's hit nearly 300 in the spring. I think that's good and important to see him bounce back from the second half of last year. Cal Raleigh with a ribby, and Kate Marlowe hit another home run, which was cool. Mariners lose 6-2. They are off today. Here's the third thing you need to know. And we got all kinds of news coming out of the NFL over the last 24 hours. Busy, busy day. Pass rusher market, that is flooding. Frank Clark reportedly going to be available. He wasn't able to work anything out in Kansas City. Add that to Bud Dupree, Leonard Floyd, and all of a sudden, you got a whole glut of edge guys, especially given that this draft class is loaded with edge players. That sounded all similar 
to the situation that led to the Seahawks snagging both Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett yep. before the 2013 season? Yeah, I think it does. Derek Carr gets four years, 150, so a little bit north of Geno's deal. Brock kind of went through the numbers earlier, and as usual, they are fairly fraudulent. Rumors swirling Brady could unretire and go to Miami. That would be interesting. The Ravens are going to franchise Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'm sure that will mend that relationship. And mm. Everything will be hunky-dory moving forward. And then how about this? The Packers are done working on Aaron Rodgers' score, uh, schedule, Rich Eisen, with more of what he heard at the Combine. They sure hope <laughs> Just like praying. that when he comes up with his decision, it is, I wish to retire or I wish to be traded elsewhere. Wow. They do not want his response to be, let's run it back. When I say I heard that over and over and over again, it's just like you have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> wow. You, you referenced, we talked about it about a month ago, I think in a Blue 88, about this. When the first kind of mocks and top 100 players in this draft came out, top 50 players and prospects came out, I think I'd said to you, the overwhelming number in that top 50 are pass rushers or DNs. And that lived up to it. I think the most impressive group. Uh, in, in Indianapolis was the defensive ends on the first day. Bigger, faster, stronger, running, putting up freakish times. Yeah, if you're Leonard Floyd or you're Bud Dupree or you're Frank Clark, you were probably feeling like Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill did back in 2012. Like, no. That group was good in 2012. It was a good crop of edge rushers. This in the draft is an elite, great group of edge rushers. And with so many teams... Up against the cap, it's, it's not as if there are 20 teams out there with loads and loads of cap space or even 10. This may be a, a great time to get some value with one of those veteran pass rushers. Good stuff. All right, there you go. That is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour. Yes, Pete Carroll will join us coming up at uh, 9.30 this morning, yeah, about two hours from now, which is why we're here, kind of at uh, Seahawks facility, taking it all in on a big day as they have committed to Geno Smith, as it turns out, not quite as strongly as we heard yesterday. I kind of mentioned that earlier. I think we'll find out just how strong this commitment really is over the course of time. Is it one year? Is it two years? Is it actually all three years? I don't think anybody thought it was three, Mm-mm. but here in 40 million guaranteed, I mean, to me, that's essentially a one-year commitment, which I got to admit makes me like it more and more. And I was a little on the fence this morning. I've probably against the philosophical idea of being in between. Mm-hmm. This sounds, this sounds more like bridge than it does in between. This sounds more like Alex Smith in Kansas City than it does like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my fear. Yep. I don't want Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. And by the way, I think it's Kirk. I don't want to, you know. Did I say Kurt? Yeah, you said Kurt. Very disrespectful to home, <laughs> homeschool Tom Brady. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk I mean, homeschool Tom Brady is Kurt, <laughs> K-U-R-T, but I'm pretty sure. I think I told you last week. So which is he? <laughs> He's Kirk. Kirk Cousins. Huh. Am I right on that, Maura and Justin? Are, are you with me? Or I, I prefer Kurtz to Kirks. I said that a couple weeks ago <laughs> yes. on uh, on uh, which is better. Uh huh. I don't know that it matters. Okay, hold really. on. Let me, let me just. Uh, no, you don't no, even it, know. No, it does matter. He's a Kirk. Yeah, he seems like he should be. He's a Kirk. definitely a Kirk. He's not a Kurt like Kurt Warner. Huh. 
Interesting. <laughs> I read that. I'm like, I'm starting to get confused. Is well, it- where's my editor on something like that? Come on, editor. You're supposed to fix things like editor. that. Editor? You yeah. think I have an editor on this show? Come on, on Brent Stecker. writing, Come I on, Brandon Gustafson. When I write at Jeez. seattlesports.com, as I did yesterday. You just, you In just, any event. I thought you were just taking a shot at him, to be honest with no, you. No, I wouldn't take a shot at Kirk Cousins. Kirk. That's not like me. Kirk Herbstreet, Kirk Cousins. Right. Kurt Warner. <laughs> Different. Brock, <laughs> will you just start doing some more geometry on the radio? That was yeah. done really well earlier. Give too. us the secant and the cosecant. Or well, the area of a triangle is, of course, half the base times the height. This feels more like Alex Smith in Kansas City yes. than it does like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. And that's a very good thing. I'm not interested in Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. That, to me, is a losing scenario. I'm a lot more interested in Alex Smith in Kansas City. Because of what it leads to, and that's what I want to ask you about next. The draft is coming up less than two months away, about six weeks away. What does this do for the Seahawks and their opportunity to draft a quarterback at 522nd, third round? We'll discuss next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Pete Carroll coming up in two hours at 9.30 this morning. We'll find out how this got done with Geno Smith and what the Seahawks will look to do next. That becomes a pretty crucial conversation, right? This deal needs to be looked at in a larger context of everything else that they do. I had a chance to write a little bit about it yesterday. You can read that at seattlesports.com with the question, essentially, can you can you win a Super Bowl? Can you win a Super Bowl as you do this? And I, I think that is always the question that you should be asking as you as you make any deal like that, especially at the quarterback position. Can you win a Super Bowl with the player that you've got? Mm-hmm. Well, at $35 million a year, I think that was probably going to be pretty tough for Geno Smith. At what now turns out to be closer to $25 million a year and only 40 guaranteed, all of a sudden this conversation opens up a little bit. And, you know, in my, in my, in my column, Brock, I kind of made a blackjack analogy, which I know you know I love. Yep. Uh, and, and to me, this is a little bit like doubling down 11 against a 5, where you feel like you've got two chances to win. Either you're going to pull the face card to give you 21 or the dealer's going to bust 15 into 25. Mm. So you feel like you have two chances to win. Either you're going to win with Gino, or you're going to give yourself an opportunity to get out of it early enough to win with the next guy. Yeah. So what we talked a little bit about winning with Gino. Tell me a little bit about the next guy. What does this do for an opportunity to go draft that next star in this year's draft. Yeah, I don't think it precludes you from doing that. Like if you if you genuinely love one of these guys and you know Anthony Richardson got more of the star power than Will Levis, but if you watch Will Levis throw, the kid out of Kentucky, I mean he can throw it. I was you know spent last night with Damon and got to see Sam and you know they watched the combine and all these guys and and Sam has seen some of them through the years, right? Back in the day at 7 on 7 tournaments and I told you the story about Bryce Young the first time Damon watched him was like, yeah, that dude's that dude's just different in high school, right? 7 on 7 like that guy is Russell Wilson like. I mean, he is and may throw it better than him. So Levis is a freak show physically. I mean, he is muscled up and rocked up. He just isn't as elite 
as a record breaker as Anthony Richardson was at the Combine. But if there was no Anthony Richardson and it was Will Levis, trust me, everybody would say, my gosh, he's an Adonis. And that ball rips out of his hands, and he's got an ease with which he throws it everywhere. Another one of my my friends' son is a college quarterback and trained a little bit with Levis in Southern California for this Combine and said the same thing, like, I've seen a lot of great arms. This guy can this guy can throw it through a wall. Now, you know, what does that translate to? And how does all of that look? And both of them. And tomorrow we're going to talk to Matt Stinchcomb, one of my buddies at the SEC Network, who saw both of those guys in person, saw Richardson twice in person. You know, college football Hall of Famer, former tackle for the Raiders, great guy. And I'm sure he's going to tell us, like, yeah, man, all those things are awesome. You know, it's it's like somebody in the weight room that can throw all this weight around. And then you get him in the UFC ring, and it's like, yeah, how's that translate? I mean, you look body beautiful and you are a powerful guy, but can you go in there and use a particular set of skills to get the job done? And we know this position takes a lot of skills at the NFL level to get the job done. But I say all of that, this Geno deal does not preclude you. If they love one of those guys, I don't, they're not going to go get, they're not going to get Bryce and I don't think they're going to get CJ Stroud. I think those two will be the first two taken and the first couple picks and maybe Anthony Richardson as well. But if they love Will Levis, if you love Hendon Hooker in the second round, right? We talked about him yesterday. He's a kid out of Tennessee that tore his ACL at the end of the year. That's He's a talented kid, man. He's old. I shouldn't say kid. He's like Stetson Bennett, 25 years old, older than Lamar Jackson. But he is, you know, if, if they love that guy, this Geno deal, in fact, on paper, probably sets up pretty well to be able to to lead, to pupil, to teach, to you know, to mentor him. Well, so let's be clear: they need another quarterback. This is Geno's now the only quarterback on their roster. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke is not on their roster anymore. He's a free agent. We haven't heard anything about them signing him, other than that he might like an opportunity to play more. And with Geno deals, Geno's deal getting done. I don't know whether if I'm Drew Locke, I'm like desperate to come back to Seattle right now. I'm probably going to think about Tampa Bay or somewhere else where I might have a better shot to play. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that that's, means you're going to need another quarterback. The question is, how high are you willing to go to draft one? You've now spent at least some capital on Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give him every bit of help you can? with a premier defensive player at number five, another premier player at number 20, use your second-round picks on linebackers or a wide receiver. I mean, like, you got four picks in the top two rounds. Do you want to put as much talent as possible around Geno Smith, or do you want to safeguard and build for your future and use one of those picks, a first-round pick even, on drafting his replacement? Mm Mm-hmm. That is going to be one heck of a great story for the next six-plus weeks, and free agency is going to give us a tell as we lead up to that. How, if, if how, they, how deep do they delve into the defensive line market? Correct. If if they want to, you know, and I don't, I mean, once again, this deal with Gino, if we actually step back from it, step back two months to when we were in here talking to Pete, and he talked about the bounce forward and everything else and the excitement they have, and then we listened to Pete and John for the last two months, this deal should not have come as a shock or surprise yesterday. This no. is how they do business. This is how they've treated their players that have earned right the right to to a contract like like Gino got yesterday. And all the way along it was fairly positive with the two sides and you know it kind of comes to culmination. So if they stay sulk to business as usual, they won't be hyper aggressive in wave 1 of free agency in a week and a half. But the longer Leonard Floyd or 
Frank Clark or Bud Dupree or some of the others kind of linger out there, then they bite, then they go after it and and they commit to it. And that will likely be before the draft. They will make those decisions. So I think in this case, as much as I said to you yesterday, can you imagine how much it would flip this league on its head if the draft was first and then free agency? I think in this case, you get your business done with your QB. We, we don't have to reach. We don't have to do anything crazy there. We, we got someone we believe in that can get us to the playoffs. But if we love someone at five and, and they're sitting there, awesome. If we spend the next six weeks telling everybody how much we love Anthony Richardson and Will Levis and we're connected and we're at every one of their pro days, front and center, waving at the NFL Network. Hey, boy, they look great out here, right? Trying to spin that and sell that. So they do go one, two, three. I don't think they're going to go one, two, three, four, like one of your, the callers last I've hour. Never heard, that's never happened. I think they've gone one, two, three. Mm. For some reason, I felt like it's... I don't ever... I don't remember one, two, three. Really? One, two, four, one, three, four, something like that. I don't remember one, two, three. Tim so, Couch, one. McNabb, two. I guess Achille, I think, was four. Five, four, five. Four, five. Yeah, I don't, I don't think McNown, that's down six, seven. Culpepper, 11, 12. I mean, you had... Oof. That was a great year for me to come out. Yeah, no wow. kidding. Good oh, job. Well, that was smart. Super-duper timing. Really good. But uh, I do think how they will spend some of those free agent dollars with this flooded defensive end market is well, going to be a little this. bit of a tell. As of right now, knowing that you're going to need another quarterback, where would you want to get it? As, at of, right, five, at, at, as of right now today, in free agency, at number five, at number 20, second round, third round, day three. QB? QB. Okay. We're just just without putting names. And, and I don't mean to like not answer the question. Let me just reframe it this way because I think this answer tells you what I would love. What would be the home run at number five in six or seven weeks? The home run, home run, home run would be Will Anderson, the pass rusher from Bama. KJ and I are on the same page. And by the way, KJ's a prophet. Okay, KJ was right on K was right on Gino. He was right on them at nine and eight. He was right on about twenty five million dollars per year for Gino. And KJ and I have been aligned, you know, since the September, October. The guy that oh my gosh, if he's there, he's Von Miller. Like he's just he's just different. Is Will Anderson of Bama? So that kind of answers it. If Anthony Richardson and if Will he, Anderson if he's are there. there. It means that at least one team has probably drafted a defensive player over him. Yep. Does that worry you at all? No, not particularly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, is Jalen Carter going to be there? I mean, we were looking at Mike Sando's draft yesterday. He yep. had Carter falling out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a lot for a misdemeanor, but obviously he's a lot more connected than we are. Mm-hmm. So if either of those two guys are are sitting there at five, and you know, let's hope all of this keeps going, and Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and all the C.J. Stroud and all this gets done, and and everything is there, and you have one of those two guys, Jalen is still a transformational talent inside. I mean, just a, a different, unique guy. That would be on March 7th where I would lean. And I think this Geno deal makes me lean that much more there. You know, it, it, I, I don't fall in that camp of, oh, my gosh, you're never going to draft number five again. You're never going to find a quarterback again. You can never – maybe 10 years ago there was something to that. Maybe 10 years ago you held fast to that because franchise quarterbacks didn't move. Russell Wilson's didn't leave. Deshaun Watson's didn't leave. Lamar Jackson will see today, likely to get franchised. Do the Atlanta Falcons come out and give him a five-year 250 guarantee like Deshaun and give them the first and second round pick if they do the you know exclusive, non-exclusive franchise tag? I mean, 
you can get your QB in a lot of different ways today than you could 10 years ago. You don't just have to take them in the top five of the draft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I kind of lean today a little bit more on the, if it's Hendon Hooker in the second round, if it's somebody else in the third, you know, you're obviously going to draft a quarterback. You need another young guy in that room with Geno. But to me, that does not have to be somebody at number five. Could it be somebody at number 20? Uh, I think that that would be rich for so, Hooker. I don't. In between. Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody. I think as these four guys that we've talked a whole bunch about are going to be somewhere in the top ten, and then I, I that would feel a bit rich for yeah because I, I think you're going to find a, a difference making edge rusher still at number twenty. Uh, you know, I think there's certainly lots of corners there at number twenty. I think there's just different, much more talented than than the risk of whoever number five in this draft is at quarterback. I'd be pretty bummed out if they take a corner in the first round. I got to tell yeah. you, <laughs> I mean, just given the importance, I think of, of what they need up front, I think it would be. You wouldn't be, you imagine. wouldn't be bummed if they get Will Anderson at five. If no. during the off season they sign Leonard Floyd and somebody else. You know, another linebacker. And then at number 20, if you were to get Joey Porter's son, who is a lockdown, amazing corner, I don't think you'd be too mad, but it certainly wouldn't be the most It's not the direction I'd want them to go. No. I mean, like, mad, that's probably not the right word. But, no, I, I think I'd be disappointed if they end up with a corner before getting a quarterback, before getting another interior defensive lineman. But you're right, seeing, depending a little bit on what they do in free agency. You yep. think they can bring back Frank Clark? Do you think they can go after Bud Dupree? I mean, there's a lot of options out there. In fact, I'm going to ask you about that in Blue 88. This is Brock and Sox's Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Song. All right, let's start there. Question number one, Brock. Frank Clark, Bud Dupree, Leonard Floyd, three pass rushers, slightly different. Some of them are more of the defensive end type. Some of them are more of the outside linebacker type. At least of those three, who would you want? Leonard Floyd. Yeah. And, and, and this is probably prisoner of um, being damaged by him and watching him damage these Seahawks, you know, continually. What was it, like four sacks against them a couple years ago just alone? But he feels like William Wallace. He feels like he's seven foot tall with and blows lightning bolts out of his arse and just absolutely blows things up on that edge continually. So Leonard Floyd, for me, of those three would be the one, just long, angular. He may not play the run as well as some of the others. We know Frank Clark is a physical guy. Frank Clark just won a second Super Bowl. They know Frank Clark inside and out. I don't think that bridge was burned in any way, much like Bobby Wagner. And in fact, I think when the Frank Clarks and the Bobby Wagner see this organization take care of Gino and, and give him what he earned off of last season's play, that just further like, yeah, man, they do it the right way in Seattle. They, they take care of their guys. And so Frank would probably be two and then Bud Dupree three. Bud's had some injuries and I, I don't frankly know as much about him. And I don't think they know as much about him as they certainly do those first two guys, both from competing against Leonard Floyd and then having Frank Clark in this building. And don't diminish that. You know, I think part of the reason, frankly, that I got traded to Indianapolis was we played the Colts every preseason. I got to start against the Colts. They got to prepare against me. They got to see me with live bullets in the regular season and in the preseason. And, you know, when when I had asked for a trade to find a different situation, it was not a surprise that Marvin Demoff said, 
yeah, that the Colts, you know, are, are a team that's interested in you and ultimately traded for me because there was a bit of familiarity through competition and otherwise. Age is about the same for all three. Frank Clark's 29. The other two guys are both 30. Mm -hmm. Uh, For whatever it's worth, Floyd and Dupree are listed as linebackers, whereas Frank Clark is listed as a defensive end. Is there any scheme fit, you know, three, four differences that would make Yeah, I mean, I think, again, Floyd would be a little better fit. Played a bunch of years in Chicago. I think he was probably with Clint Hurts. I'm just saying that out of off the top of my head. But, you know, Floyd went from Chicago to the Rams. I believe Clint Hurt was there. And certainly the system was in place of playing that just outside, rangy, destroy the edge. You know, so He's a lot smaller, or th- lighter leaner, than yes. the other two guys. I mean, Bud Dupree's at 267, Frank Clark's over 270, whereas yep. Leonard Floyd's only 240 pounds. That's right. So, and, and I'm not saying that as a negative, but doesn't that make him a little bit better fit in this 3-4? Uh, yes, and Uchenna on the other side and him on one side, and then maybe Tyree Wilson at 6'6", 280 is a guy that plays right next to them on the inside while also... Just absolutely demolishing the edge. So, yeah, you give me a D-line now that has Uchenna Nuosu and Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter and Leonard Floyd, things start to look and feel very different than they did with Al Woods yep. and Puna and Aldrich Good Collier. text here. Leonard Floyd and Cole Calhoun in Seattle in the same year. Look out. We're coming. Question number two. Well, the Seahawks also have a few more unrestricted free agents. Geno's deal got done. Do any others get done before free agency? I, it's not. Uh, I don't think so. No, before free agency, I don't. I don't think so. I think, unfortunately, once you've made a commitment to this scheme, Puna is just not a fit here. Puna will sign somewhere else, and I think make some money somewhere else in the right scheme, but. I have a hard time imagining him being a fit here. Marquise Goodwin and Cody Barton are going to be guys you go let test the market and see what's out there. Would you want Cody Barton back as a backup and a special teamer? Sure you would. Would you want Marquise Goodwin back here on a minimum deal with some incentives? Sure you could. So I think those are guys that go out and test the market. And then, you know, the intriguing one is your guy, Rashad Penny, right? Who, when he's been healthy and available, man, he's great. He's really good. Really good. Really good. But you're not going to sign him now. You're going to go see what the rest of the market in a deep running back class in a draft with a couple teams that have now now tagged their running backs. Yeah, you could offer him league minimum. He's not going to take that right now. He's going to want to see what else is out there with the thought of, okay, if there is a minimum deal, and once again, maybe with some incentives, this place may be At some point, he's starting to get old, right? I mean, like... Right now he's what twenty seven ish. I mean, like, and and I mean that body bad. has just been. I know it's so sad. Know. He could be a really good player. Yeah, kind of like Kyle bad. Lewis feels a little bit. You know, yeah. some of that same. Like you just know the talent is there. He was a rookie of the year when he was healthy, and just injuries have so unfortunately diminished both of those guys' careers. All right, question number three. Well, we now know where Derek Carr is, and we now know where Geno Smith is. Mm-hmm. What about Aaron Rodgers? Where does he end up? And does Tom Brady come back out of retirement to play in Miami? Tom can't come out of retirement, right? I mean, they sold the sand on the beach for hundreds of thousands of dollars where he was sitting when he announced his second retirement. He did buy a home in South Florida. So and I don't think he bought that home in South Florida, Machiavellian, thinking O2 is going to be gone. The owner there is a Michigan man and who loves me. And I, I just, you, you would start getting into the Farvian like, oh, come on, Tom. Just please, just let it go. What if he just wanted to be out of Tampa? 
I don't. I I just I don't I don't see that happening. Okay. And I do think Aaron Rodgers in in with the New York Jets would just be terrific. You get to go back with Nathaniel Hackett. You get to be in that New York market. Can you imagine? It's one thing in Green Bay to kind of handle the business the way he has and to be able to have so many of those people wrapped around his finger and, you know, a two-time MVP and all the equity. And we just saw it with a guy here on a Hall of Fame trajectory for 10 years go somewhere else. And guess what? You don't bring all of that history and all that equity into that new building. you got to go perform. <laughs> and it would be fascinating to see Aaron Rodgers go to the Big to the big Apple. It, that's the one that I'm signing up for. Worked out great for Favre. That's the one that I would like to see. All right, there yeah. you go. That is everything. Oh, sorry, that is uh, our Blue 88, which we do at 745 every morning. Three good football questions with Brock. Did Favre go to Minnesota first and then New York? Didn't he go to... Took, nearly took the Vikings to the Super Bowl, or was it New York first and then Minnesota? Was it New York first yeah. and then Minnesota? I think so. You think so? Yes. Kurt but... or Kirk? Uh, dude, you asked me a question that you don't it know the New answer York to. First, I'm telling I you, I think so. Okay, great. New York in 2008, Minnesota 2009. All right, again, he are we to... not done with picking on Mike Week? Never. Why is this like a new thing that is constant? Never. And, I, and to think that I wrote nice things about all three of you. Where? You read it, seattlesports.com, and what I wrote about uh, spring training, I wrote nice things oh. about you, and I take them back. Okay, sorry. You guys are rude. You're mean, quite Great. frankly. You're well, taking cheap shots. <laughs> Salt, I, I didn't say anything to you, just for the record. I just want to make sure we get that out. <laughs> well, Justin, you're fine. Yeah. Obviously, I'm just <laughs> really just being more. It's you no, and it's more. <laughs> and the texters yeah, that's and people fine. on Twitter. Okay, I got a question for you. Then Sammy, uh, Sam, the slinging Sammy Hewitt asked me last night. He was pinging me with some spring training questions. And this will tee up. Shannon's going to join us here in a few minutes. He's asking me different. Okay, uh, Kilnick, 270, 20 bombs. What do you think? Uh, hell of a year. Yeah, that's uh, probably a little much. Home runs maybe. But he asked me a good one. He said, who ends the year with the highest batting average? Which Mariner this season ends the year in... Shannon, I know you're not listening because you're busy doing some work on an off day, but uh, I'm going to ask her that one as well in about right. five minutes. But which Mariner do you think, after being down there for a week, after talking to all the guys, after seeing it, and the WBC, by the way, beginning tomorrow, which sure. will be fun. And I'm, I'm gonna... curious if Shannon will have the same answer as me. I have a very, to me, this one actually is not that hard a question. I feel very confident oh. on this player leading the Mariners in batting average. We'll see what Shannon says. It's next. Uh, it's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. Pete Carroll to join us at 930. Shannon Dreyer next.